Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. Chapter 3, Karma Yoga, Yoga of Actions. After learning the first chapter, which was originally Vishad Yoga, which basically tells us our life, we are torn between what is right and what is wrong. Situation never presents itself as clear cut, black or white, I need to do this or that. It's always some shade of gray where I have to take a decision which is right or wrong. That's the first chapter. Arjuna was in that situation because he thought he has to kill his uncles and teachers and cousins. We find ourselves in the same situation in life and we are torn between what is right and wrong. So the next chapter, chapter 2, taught us what is the reality of our being, of ourself. What you consider your being is not who you are. This body, this mind, and this intellect, which are considered to be me, actually are my equipment, which I use to transact with this world. The real me is someone who is possessing this equipment. That's why I call it my body, my mind, my intellect. Body has a death, but not the self. The soul is immortal. That was the paradigm shift we learned in chapter 2. And I am immortal, this body will die. My goal is right now is to kill my mind and intellect because they are binding me to this limited ego called me. Chapter 2 told us how to do that. So we have seen this Thita Pragnasya Lakshana. What are the qualities of a person whose intellect is steady that he understands that this is not me, that is me who is owning this body, mind, and intellect. But then the third chapter is all about our life. We have to work in this world. Actions are unavoidable for us. So we work in this world, but then how do we work so that I achieve my goal of achieving that permanent happiness? We are working in this world for happiness. That old joke of Swami Tejamananda, the one person was lying under a tree right in the middle of the day. These wise guys come and say, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm taking rest. They said, well, shouldn't you be working hard right now? And then he said, then what? And then the whole story goes that you take him to then you can get this and then you can be a millionaire and then what? He said, then you can take a rest. Said, what do you think I'm doing right now? <laughs> Why are you making me go through all this? But that's what we do. We go through life thinking I'll find happiness, but we don't. So the chapter 3 tells us where our happiness lies and how to act in this world so that we can achieve that. Chapter opened by Arjuna's question. He's telling Krishna. He talked about actions, then he talked about renunciation. 
Tell me definitely which one is good for me. Should I renounce all this thing and meditate in Himalayas or continue working? And if I want to say right from the beginning, beginning, the beginning of this human race, beginning of this civilization, beginning of this universe, the creation, I created two paths. Always given choices. You have to give choices to people. Two choices. Gnana yogena sankhyanam, karma yogena yogina. For the sankhya, the people who achieved a state of mind and intellect ready for the knowledge, for them, gnana yoga. So you have worked through your basics, gone through elementary school and then high school and then to college, then you're in PhD for you. But karma yoga and a yogi now, but those who are still working at it, for him, karma yoga. Those who are engaged in actions, for yogi, one who is trying to achieve that union between I and my happiness, for him, karma yoga. Karma yoga is easier for you. You means all of us who are working in this world. It's a gnana yoga is difficult because my mind and intellect are not matured yet to get that knowledge. I may be confused. So therefore, he says the karma yoga is good for you. So what is karma yoga? Karma you have to perform because you are a living being. The signature of life is activity. When I'm not doing anything and nothing can revive me to do anything, the doctor will certify that he's dead. So as long as I'm alive, there is activity. So the activity is life, therefore you have to continue act. But the catch-22 is more I act, more I'll be bound by my actions, the rewards and punishment of my actions. So therefore, he says, you act in a way that is not binding to you. So what is not binding to you is when you act in the spirit of helping others in this world. Yagnarthat karmano anyatra lokoyam karma bandhanaha. The actions performed in the spirit of yagna. And we have seen the definition of yagna is a cooperative endeavors. Symbolically, we do the fire and then everybody is offering something into it. That's a symbol. Just like when we do dvajabandhan, as Swamiji says, you are not saluting the flag. You are saluting what the flag represents, my nation. The same way when I do the yagna, I'm representing my contribution towards the betterment of this society, this community, this planet, this universe. So every action which I perform, if I have that goal in my mind that not only my own, but it is for the welfare of all beings, then that action is not binding to you. No matter what the results would be. You did your part. Because you are part of this grand cycle called Dharma Chakra, everything is connected. All my actions are actually connected to everybody else's actions. Nobody comes here on a Sunday morning, there is no class. I can read Gita by myself, but that's not a class. So my actions are connected to your actions, and your actions are connected to my actions. And so goes the entire universe. Our Actions are not independent. They are interdependent on other people's actions, other things' actions, other phenomena in this world. 
So therefore, so you are part of this cycle. Evam pravartitam chakra. This chakra is constantly going on. Annad bhavati bhutani. We have seen that the beings are supported by the food. Food is supported by rains. Rains are supported by collective actions. Collective actions are supported by individual actions. And individual actions are only possible because that all-pervading mighty self is pervading through all of us. So therefore, do all your actions in a yagna spirit. Then he said, somebody, if doing actions without any understanding, do not disturb him. As long as the acting is better than non-actor. Activity is any time greater than inactivity. Therefore, no matter what intention person is working, encourage him to work. Because someday he will find the right method, right frame of mind to act in the right way. But right now, whatever he is doing, encourage him. And therefore, you consider yourself to be a role model. Because somebody is following you. Yadyat acharati sreshtaha tattateva itaro janaha. Whatever a person in authority does, everybody else follows. Yatha raja, tatha praja. The way the kings are, the same way the subjects would be. So you in your life is a role model to somebody. To your colleagues, to your juniors, to your children. So you be always be aware that your actions are being followed. So set your standard high so that other people can follow that standard. Then he said, Everyone has duty to act except the one who is content by himself in his own self. He is not dependent on anything other than his own self. Such a person has no duty to do anything. Otherwise, he said, all of you should do what? All your niyat karma. All your actions which are determined by the roles which you play in this life. I play a father's role, I have the fatherly duties, I have employer's role, employerly duties. Whatever role you take, the duties come with it. And you follow all of them without any exception. And the question was then, how do I do all of them together? Well, you are only acting in one role at a time. So whatever role you are performing in the present time, you follow the duties which are associated with it, with your all your due diligence. Except, he said, Asaktaha, without getting attached to your actions. Our problem is we get attached to our actions. We do something and we like it. But this is great, I'm doing very well. I need to keep doing it again and again and again and again and again. And that really does not happen in life. So he said, do not get attached to your actions. Because the actions are purely nothing but guna, guneshu, vartantaha. My qualities of my body, mind and intellect. And the objects which I come across in this world has their own qualities. And when they are conducive, we like them. When they are not conducive, they repel me. So these gunas are acting with other gunas. And that's what actions are all about. So you shouldn't get attached to them. Offer all your actions to the Bhagawan, the God, the Self. Why? That His presence is making you capable of acting in this world. So give all the credit to him. Look, I'm doing it for you. Whatever comes out, that's your problem, not mine. When you offer all your actions to me, then what I'm supposed to do? He said, Adhyatma Chetasaha. Try to find out who you are. Continue to reflect on who am I. 
Am I this body? So no, the body has been changing since my childhood to my old age, and I have never really felt any different. So this body is not me. The mind, my mind, continuously and constantly changing. So that cannot be me. And my intellect, that's constantly changing. As I gain more knowledge, the old knowledge turned out to be wrong. So even that cannot be true. So who am I? So adhyatma chetas. You constantly think about who are you. and then work in this world without any attachment and then the question occurs with all this knowledge also i end up doing wrong things so arjuna asked the question say then atakena prayuktoyam papah charati purushah as if he is propelled by or limited by some force which is not allowing him to do what is right I know this is not right. Cheating on my taxes is not right. I know, right? But I'm an educated person. But come April 15, there will be temptation to take a deduction which truly doesn't belong to me, or not report something. Athakena prakritam papam charati purusha bhagwan se kama esha krodha esha. That because your desires and anger. Rajoguna samudbhava. That's because of activity. The little desire to save money, not paying Uncle Sam, because these Republicans are constantly hammering on you that paying taxes is not good for you. So now I also considered that less taxes I pay, more patriotic I am. Krishna says you have to do your part, otherwise you're a thief. So anyway. so you need to find out where this desire and anger are residing he said they reside in your senses in your mind in your intellect so you have to stop them you have to attack them at their location so the last three verses says and therefore tasmat indriyani yadav niyamya bharatarshava therefore right from the beginning adav he said don't let the senses go wild first cigarette nahi piya e nahi kiya to why what are you doing what is your life try everything out and then decide what is not good for you he said don't do that indriyani adav in the beginning restrain your senses don't let the indriyas run wild and then then i'll control them It's right from the beginning. Don't give your senses the chance to go wild. See, therefore, we have restrictions in our societies or culturally. Therefore, if you are found in some localities where not supposed to be, by that person like you, why are you in this neighborhood? Because I have imposed on me by who I am that I will not be found doing something which is not appropriate for my upbringing, for my profession, for my. status in the society you curtail your activity to a point that you don't form bad habits habit is something once you let the indriyas do what is not to be done and you are now having this bad habit this mind we have seen has a tendency of thinking in the same channel once you create one thought it created a channel second thought will follow the same channel more and more you think in that line the channel gets deeper and deeper and then rest of the thoughts will follow that line of thinking 
very clear advice said tasmat indriyani adav in the beginning niyamya bharatarshava or bharatar arjuna control your senses right from the beginning as soon as you realize this is not good for you don't engage in it papamanam prajahi enam gnana vignanam nashanam this attachment by the senses to the sense object is papamanam very very difficult concept to digest but it is not that drinking orange juice is bad but if i get attached to drinking orange juice it creates problem i may be drinking more orange juice is good for you no no not good for you if you are drinking 20 cups a day because it's all sugar in the end this is don't get attached to or your actions check because they are papa manam they create the papa this attachment to the sense object we have seen in chapter 2 that constant thinking about something creates attachment this attachment creates desires the desires create anger when not fulfilled anger creates buddhinasham stops the memory bank so i have no wisdom available to me and buddhinasham pranashyati he this is destroyed when there is no buddhi available so therefore bhagwan said start from the beginning control your senses then you don't have to follow this path of fall papmanam prajahi heal this sin creating entity called attachment to the sense objects controlling your senses kill that which is creating papa gnana vignana nashanam because this attachment of senses to the sense objects is destroyer of knowledge and wisdom i have a knowledge about myself and that wisdom is taken away by this attachment to all these objects in this world so therefore bhagwan said right from the beginning control your senses indriyani parani ahuhu indriyebhya param manaha why is that the senses are greater than your body this gross body has no real attachment to anything or has no real actions of its of its own you know i cannot see unless there is some seer behind ear cannot hear that's why well you told me i'm not listening all husbands know what that means you know right probably wives other way around too but at least the most complaint came from the wives you're not listening and i now constantly tell meena that it's not that i'm not paying attention i'm a hearing loss i'm an old man and she is not believing that is it till you start wearing the hearing aid i'm not believing that so i'm in a dilemma so i put a deadline or i put a restriction i said i have hearing loss i'm admitting and telling everybody but i will not wear the hearing aid till i'm 70 so you put up with me till <laughs> i am hearing but not listening so therefore is it the senses are greater than this body i may have perfectly clear hearing but i don't want to hear so i won't hear indriyani parani ahuhu indriyas are greater than this body indriyebhya param manaha but superior to this senses is the mind because my mind can control my senses it's actually senses are, are just like the messengers go out get the information feed it to the mind it is the mind who interpret whether this is good or bad the mind is greater than 
Indriya. So therefore, if I want to control senses, I can start with my mind. First I convince my mind that this is good for me. Please, control. Manasasthu para buddhihe. But greater than, superior than mind is intellect. Once I'm convinced that this is good for me, then knowledge shines through. Eating sweets are not good for me. Then my intellect can tell my mind, let's not get out of control. You know, when we go to the parties you know, or go to the temple for prasad, control. So mind, buddhi is superior than mind. Buddhiyo buddhehe paratastu saha. But that, which right now I have no idea what that is, is greater than your intellect. The self, my consciousness, which making me aware of my intellect, my mind, my, my senses and my body, is greater than intellect. So he says, last word from Krishna, evam buddhe param buddhva. Knowing that which is superior than buddhe, know that. Samstabhyam atmana atmana. Then control yourself by yourself. There is only one person who can control me. No matter what people think that I have control over your life. Only I can control myself. So Bhagavan says, you control yourself. This self, this limited self, which I considered me. I call Nilbhat. This body, this mind, this intellect. This me who is in sorrow, in unhappiness, in trouble, in pain right now. No matter how much I put up a show that I'm pretty good, pretty happy. In my heart I know I have too many problems. So you see, relieve this guy who is suffering by that you, that I, which has no sorrows, no unhappiness. So restrain yourself by yourself. So evam buddhe param buddha, that which is superior to the intellect. Everything I have done so far in my life is controlled by my intellect. I think this is good for me. Before 2008 we thought putting money in the stock market is great. Then it collapsed. So now I say don't put money in the stock market. Then we waited for a while, then the market went about like 400% higher. Oh, let's put all the money back into the market. So my intellect is constantly telling me to do this or that or this or that. And I'm buffeting between that's right or that's right. I keep doing it. But not really finding my real niche where I can find my happiness. So he said, know which is superior than your intellect. And then restrain yourself by yourself. Find out what makes you happy. And then do that which makes you happy. And Swamiji has said, what makes you happy is you minus all your wants is happiness. When there is no want in my mind, I'm happy. Therefore, BMW, 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 work very hard. The day I have the BMW key in my hand, that moment is a joy, a perfect happiness. I and my beloved object 
are one and the same now. But the very next moment when I, the guy said, but call your insurance agent, Neil. And I call up and they say, well, Neil, your insurance will go now. You, what do you have right now? The Toyota Camry. And what are you buying? BMW X5. Oh, okay. Your insurance will be five times what you are paying right now. And there goes my happiness. Every time I take BMW to the dealer, my heart sinks because he, you know, the guy never comes back with less than $1,000 in a bill. No matter what small thing it is. Same is my dentist, I'll tell you. I have no problem going to a doctor, but going to a dentist, I'm always afraid. He's going to find something which is going to cost me thousands of dollars. And then he will convince me that you want to live longer, isn't it? You want all your teeth, isn't it? Okay, then pay there. <laughs> Find out what makes you happy. I, minus my wants, am happy. He said, restrain yourself by yourself. Restrain all your wants and you will be happy. Evam buddhai param buddha. Knowing that is greater than intellect. Don't think through your intellect. You will be in trouble. Your intellect will guide through some maze which you will never get out of it. Find from yourself what makes you happy. And... Jahihi Sastrum Mahabaho, Kama Rupam. And you have to destroy your enemy, which is looting away your happiness. Which is that enemy? Kama Rupam, in the form of desire. I was perfectly happy that somebody says, you know, you're, Neil, you're X5, how old is it? Well, it's about eight years old. Oh, the new one is really good. <laughs> so. Kama Rupam, that's my enemy. Kama Rupam Durasadam, it's hard to conquer, so don't take it lightly. You don't, you don't underestimate the power of your enemy. The desire, Swami Purushottama used to take like a Kleenex. You take one out, the next one pops up right behind it. You take that, the third one pops up right behind it. The desire is your enemy is not going to go away. You satisfy one, the next one pops up. So Bhagavan said, that's your goal in life, to become desireless. And here comes our problem. We say, well, that's not possible. And Bhagavan said, it is possible. As long as you attach yourself to this body, mind, and intellect, desires can go away. But you start treating them as third party and watch them. Then let them suffer through. And then you will be desireless. I am not sick, my body is sick. I am not unhappy, my mind is unhappy. I am not idiot, I am not dumb, my intellect is dumb. When you start looking yourself as a third party, Sakshi Chaitanya, you will detach yourself from all your problems, on all your unhappiness. And you will be able to achieve that goal. So that's Gnana. So now that we have graduated from Karma Yoga, we'll take the next chapter called Gnana Karma Sannyasa Yoga. How to renounce actions in knowledge, which is Gnana Yoga. I'll stop right here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu 
मा कचि दुख भाग भवे ओ शांति 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 हरि ओ श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओ